foundation is built underneath. This is the foundation is a mountain. This is a huge rock. The foundation. Somebody say the foundation and the rock are um, immovable. Turn to your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Somebody uh, in chapter 3. Let me get an amen when you're there. Come on, a couple more amens. Yeah, all right. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Come on, Jesus. Verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which Jesus, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? So Paul is telling the Corinth church. Paul is telling the Corinth church that no one could lay down a foundation. Nobody could lay a foundation like that. No, 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 no. No other foundation than the one that's already been laid. You can't lay anything on that foundation. It's already there. And who is that foundation? Jesus Christ is that foundation. Jesus Christ is that rock, that fortress, that stone, the immovable stone that nobody, no nothing, but no problem, but no devil, no demon, no angel, no nothing can move. It is immovable. It is Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our rock, our fortress, our amen, our alpha, our omega, our last sacrifice, lamb, our everything, my Lord and my Savior. The immovable rock. Come on, somebody. See, in verse 18, Jesus says, On this rock I will build my church. On this rock I will build my church. On the confession that I am the Christ. On the confession that I am the foundation. That I am the son of the living God. On that foundation, on this rock, I will build my church. Who is the church, people? Who is the church? Point to the church. Bam, right there. Point to yourself. You are the church. You want proof? I'll give you proof. Let's go to the Word of God. You see, the church is God's people. Somebody say, God's people. Who, how many of you are born again? Say, let me get amen. If you're born again, then you are God's people. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. And I got my preaching voice. Somebody has come on, somebody. Come on. First Peter chapter 2. Somebody, come on. Let me get an amen. We're there. First Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness. Come on. How many of you guys were in darkness? Somebody. I was in complete darkness before I knew Christ. Who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He could have just said light. See, Peter could have just been like, who, who called you out of darkness and put you in light. But no, he put the word wonderful. Who put you in the wonderful light. You see, we could call God beautiful, wonderful, amazing. And all those things are very descriptive and good. But there's not one word that is worthy. Not one word that's worthy enough to describe our God. But it's beautiful how he puts wonderful. It's beautiful how he puts wonderful. Verse 10, once you were not a people. Oh, hold on. What, well, what? What did Peter say? He said, once you were not a people. Once I was not God's people. Once when I was an alcoholic and addicted to drugs and having sex before marriage and having that party lifestyle. Once I was not God's people. 
but now you are the people of God. Come on, somebody get it. Let me, come on, let me get a hallelujah. Come on, let me get an amen. Somebody say, I am God's people. You see, once you had now received mercy, but now you have received the mercy. Come on, somebody. Come on, Christian. You keep on being a Christian. Somebody. Okay, you see, so we found out through 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that the church is God's people. You see, we also find out in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, that the church is the bride of Christ. Oh, come on. How many, how many uh, romantic people we got in here? <laughs> okay, ladies. Fellas, fellas, listen to me. If you want a wife one day, you're going to go woo right now. <laughs> how many romantic people we got in here? Amen. <laughs> I see the, wife, the, the, the men want wives one day. Praise the Lord. You're smart men. Amen. Okay, so the church is the bride of Christ. And when we go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, what's the title of that? Uh, passage. Wives and husbands. Okay, somebody. Now, this is, uh, verse 22 just happens to be my favorite verse. Almost in the whole Bible, somebody. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. Hey, am I bringing the Word of God or am I bringing my own understanding? What am I bringing? Am I bringing the Word of God? Brothers, brothers in this place, somebody say, Pastor, you bring the Word of God. Okay, somebody, I'm bringing it. Okay, okay. Women say, Pastor, bring the Word of God. I'm going to bring you the Word of God. Okay, amen. All right. Okay, one of my favorite verses, verse 22. Okay, somebody. Okay, somebody. Okay, somebody. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Okay, so verse 22. Wives, not a lot of smiling women in here. I'm just looking around. It's okay. It's the word of God. Susie, can I get an amen? That's right. Come on, sister. <laughs> okay, so wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Mm, somebody. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, of which he is the Savior. Verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. In, come on, somebody say in, in everything. Somebody say in all things. <laughs> now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. 25, husbands. Okay, okay, men, men. Say, Pastor, bring the word. Women, say, Pastor, bring the word. Okay, husband, verse 25, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. <laughs> okay, we missed an important guy apart, guys. Okay, come on. Women, try to control yourself, please. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, right here, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, was a bride a man or a woman? Okay. So right here, it describes that the church is the bride. The church is a, bri is a bride. Okay. We are the bride. I am Jesus Christ's bride. Okay. I'm a swole bride. But that's okay. Look. <laughs> 
Look, we are the church's bride. Okay, right there. Boom. Uh, let me go. Let me, Christ loves me. Where am I? I'm sorry. I lost my place. 26. To make her holy. Now, her. Who, who's, who, who's Peter talking about? The church. Okay. So to make her, to make the church holy, cleansing her, the church, by the washing with water through the word. So we get washed through the word, guys. We get cleansed. We get showered. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Somebody say, I am the church, and I will be holy and blameless. You see, when God comes, he's, he, he wants a holy and blameless church. He wants us to be without wrinkle, without blemish, perfect. You understand me? Now, we gotta, that means repenting. That means asking for, for forgiveness. Reading the word right there just, just said that we are washed. You see, when we repent, we are washed through the forgiveness of Christ. Somebody say amen. Come on, somebody. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19. Ooh, I love you. I love me some Ephesians. Come on. <laughs> Revelation chapter 19. Verse 7. Let me get amen when you're there. All right. Let us rejoice and be glad. And give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come. The wedding of the Lamb has come. And his bride, which is who? The church, has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean. Bright and what? Clean was given uh, her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Elevate, you are the saints. You understand me? I'm not talking about the football team, okay? I'm talking about the real deal. You understand me? If you are a believer, you are born again, you are living for the Lord, you are God's saints. Oh, amen? Okay, let's go. So we learned that the church is God's people. We learned that the church is the bride of Christ. Now we're going to learn that the church is the body of Christ. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 15. Let me get amen. Were you there? Amen. Okay. So verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Right there. Boom. The church is the body of Christ. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Now, you see, Paul is talking about a prostitute, a woman that sells herself for money. You understand me? So would I, would I allow any of you to unite yourself with a prostitute? Never, Paul says, never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? You see, for it is said, the two will become one flesh. So this is talking about sex in general, not even just sex with a, with a prostitute, sex in general. That's why God wants us to be married to have sex. You see, sex isn't a bad thing. Sex is a good thing, but only when you're married. You understand me? If you're having sex outside of marriage, which I did, okay, which I did, I was making myself one with those women. You are making yourself one with that men or women. You understand me? That's why we are, we, see, God has a man or woman for us. 
Okay? And he has a purpose for that man or woman in our lives. Woman in my picking woman. And when I when I marry that woman, that woman and I will become one. You understand me? One body. And amen. Amen. Okay. Let's go to first Corinthians uh chapter six, verse sixteen. Nope, nope, I'm sorry. You know what? Don't don't worry about it. Uh I forgot to put the chapter. But it's first Corinthians still. Um is not the cup of thanksgiving for which he for which we give thanks a participation of the blood of Christ and is not the bread that we break a participation of the body of Christ so when we hang out we eat together when we break bread you know we eat basically because before they actually literally broke bread they say hey let's break bread together they sit down and they would get the pita bread and break them here you go here's your half here's your half that that's 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 fellowship that's hanging out so he's saying and uh is it is it is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of christ when we hang out is it not are we not participating in the body that's what he's asking we are verse 17 because there is one load we who are many are one body we elevate in this room who are many of us are one body for we all partake of one loaf and that is the bread of the bread of life jesus christ calls himself the bread of life the bread of life and we we partake of that bread in our lives and that's how we become one amen saying we learn the last thing that the church is and we learn that the church is an army come on somebody say an army so somebody say i'm an, i'm part of an army and I ain't talking about the Army Reserves or the Marines. I'm talking about a holy army. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a heavenly army. Now, this this army, look, I'm telling you, if it went to Afghanistan, it would have wiped them out in one second. That's what I'm saying, okay? It ain't going to take no eight years like the United States. You understand me? Look, we would go there, boom, take care of business. That is the heavenly army. It's going to take care of business. And guess what? As soon as you said, Lord, I accept you in my life. I'm born again. I want to live for you. You just enrolled yourself into the army. Congratulations. Here's your gun. Here's your sword here's your helmet get out to work amen come on let's go to ephesians chapter 6 ephesians chapter 6 ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 and by the way when i said that that little thing about the u.s army the u.s army is awesome i support the military okay <laughs> i was not dogging them at all i'm i'm an american amen i'm proud of it this, this country was founded on Christianity, and I, and I, and I claim it right now, and I claim that Christianity will come back in full power. Amen. Praise the Lord. We pray for this country often. So Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. What is the title of that passage? Come on, somebody. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, okay? Those of you who are new to the church, you get it? look look the devil and demons they're real, okay? And they've been manifesting in here a couple times. We cast out a couple demons here, okay? They're real and they're they're not playing and they're out to get you. Okay? This is not a joke. This is serious. I'm just back up right now sidetrack. Demons and the devil is real and he took over my life a long time ago. But I was set free in the name of Jesus. Amen. So look, if as soon as you become a target, a big target, I'm talking about a big red target in the devil's eyes, in the demon's eyes, when you become saved. Okay? 
Now, being saved is awesome. It's the best thing you can do in your life. But I'm telling you this as a warning. Just don't let the, don't let the devil scare you because he's going to try. Amen. See, what, 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 is, uh, what does Paul say? He says, so that you can take uh, your stand against the devil's schemes. There's schemes. He plots, he plots things against you. You see, the, the Bible, uh, Jesus says that the devil's native language is lies, okay? He tells lies, okay? He's a liar because he tells Okay, exactly. You see, my native language is English. My mother's native language is Spanish. The devil's native language is lies. Okay? It is a language, and he speaks that. That's all he speaks is lies. He's not, there's not one truth out of him. Okay? And he's out to get you. He's going to say, look, you're, you're too much of a bad sinner. You're too much of a sinner. You're still struggling with anger. You're still struggling with this, that, and the other. You can't be good enough. You'll never be good enough. He'll put you down, or he'll put people in your way, or he'll start, or start attacking you. Um, in different ways, but you know that you can stand strong with the armor of God against the devil's schemes. Amen? Verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now that sounds like something out of X-Men, doesn't it? Come on, now, that sounds like a movie or something. But this is real deal stuff. This is for real. You understand me? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our war is not against blood and flesh. We're not supposed to fight against each other, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual, not fleshy, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So our job is not to attack each other, okay, with words and, and this, that, and other, with, with fighting. Violence is not the answer, guys. It might sound cheesy to you by now, but it is not the answer. It is the truth. Our fight is not against each other. It is against the devil and his schemes. You understand me? So our, our fight is not physical. It's spiritual. Somebody say it's not physical, but it's spiritual. Amen, exactly. Let's continue reading. Verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be uh, able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Come on, somebody. He says after you've done everything to be able to stand, don't just stand there, but stand firm. Stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Somebody put your Bible in the air. Put your Bible in the air. And if you don't have a Bible, shame on you, okay? But put your fist in the air. Or no, better better yet, point at the screen right there with the Bible. If you do not have a Bible, point at the screen and say, This Bible is my sword, and I will spiritually get it bloody. Come on, we are fighting a war somebody. It ain't supposed to be polished and clean. You sharpen that bad boy and you get it bloody, okay? You stain that thing with whatever color blood the demons are. Green, blue, whatever. It doesn't matter. Spiritual anyways. 
Okay, you understand me? Get it bloody. Sharpen it. Sharpen your mind with it. You understand me? Sharpen yourself with the Word of God. It is the sword. It is your sword. It is your weapon. Come on, somebody. Woo, I love that. Okay, let's go to verse 19 of, uh, of the original passage of Matthew chapter 16. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus speaking. Let's just review really quick. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on earth. Uh, I'm sorry, will be loosed in heaven. You see, the keys, and I want you to concentrate here. This is going to get a little... You guys got to put your thinking caps on. You see, the keys that Jesus is talking about, when he says, I, I, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, the keys represents God's authority, which to a certain extent is given to the true followers of Christ. You see, we have authority. Somebody say, I have authority. You see, the true followers of Christ, I'm talking about uh, people who are all out for God, the true followers of Christ, being able to bind and loose on earth and heaven is not new. You see, everything that we bind and loose has been bind and loose by Jesus. You see, as we become closer and more intimate with God, and I'm talking about the relationship now that we're supposed to have with the groom, with our Father, our Lord and Savior, as we become more intimate with God and we, be, we begin to recognize that Jesus has done these things, and that we are working with his key or authority. We're using his key that he's given us. He's given us the spare. You understand me? Come on. Like you guys have spare keys to your house? You're like, here's the spare. You have the authority now. You have the key to bind and loose. Amen? You see, with this key, we are able to have effective intercession prayer. Have effective prayer, guys. With this key, with this authority on the believers, on the true followers of Christ, we have effective prayer. We have uh, a power over demonic powers. We have power over demonic, over the demons, over the devil. We have power over them. And we have the power to preach the word of God to people. With this authority, with this key that we have, we have the authority to preach the word of God to your friends. We have the power, the authority to preach the word of God to the lost. Amen? What was the title of last week's message, those of you who were here? It was entitled, The One. So we have the authority, the power to preach to the one. The one that comes to Christ. In conclusion, guys. In conclusion, Jesus, okay, so now we're going to, what was the, uh, the, the objective? The objective was to find out who Jesus is and who, <laughs> who you I are. Exactly. Okay, that was the objective. So right now, in conclusion, we found that out through this message. We found that out through this passage. We find out that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the who has given us the key of authority, and He is our rock and our foundation. He is our rock and our foundation in which we build on top of. Amen? And you are, elevate, you are, you are God's chosen people. You are the body of Christ. You are the bride of Christ. You are soldiers for Christ, and you are key holders of Christ's authority. 
Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You are the authority. You are the key holder. You hold the key of authority. You are God's chosen people. God has chosen you, Anthony. God has chosen you guys. You are the bride of Christ. You are the body. You are soldiers for the Lord. You are soldiers for the Lord. Soldiers. Come on, you have armor. Ephesians chapter 6 describes the armor that we have. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword, which is our word, our feet ready already with the peace, the gospel of peace. You understand me? The belt of truth. We have the full armor of God on top of us. You are a soldier. You are a chosen people. You are the key holder of Christ's authority. Elevate. Understand the authority that has been given to you tonight. Understand it. Some of you are just finding out tonight. Some of you kind of knew. Get a deeper understanding tonight. The authority that has been given to you, understand it. It is in your hands and on the tip of your tongue. The authority that you have, Elevate, is on your hands. It's in your hands. The key is in your hands and in the tip of your tongue, meaning you're able to preach that authority. Amen? Lord, Father God, I thank you, Jesus, for your message. Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord Father.